Sips and Ish, what is up? Before we start this podcast, I want to take just one second and ask a giant favor. Wherever you're listening, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a review. A five-star review would be amazing and help us so much. Now, let's mix a drink and get started. Of the morning to you, St. Patrick's Day week here at Sips and Ish. I'm your host, Alex Nepa. This is the podcast where cocktails meet real talk. While we're not celebrating St. Patrick's Day on the podcast, we are celebrating a birthday, and that's our guest, Kyle Turchetta. It was his birthday when we recorded this, and we sipped on a really, really nice Sazerac that was pretty damn strong, if I do say so myself. I met Kyle back in 2014 when I hired him for my DJ company, and we've remained friends ever since. I really enjoyed talking to Kyle because he has a hell of a story going from a scholarship football player to football coach to poker host at a casino to an assistant at a funeral parlor and so, so much more, including the stories of being a DJ late nights on the road and now his transition to family man and actually owning or being a partner at a barber shop in his hometown, a very underserved market, and he's killing it out there now. Kyle and I sipped over a Sazerac, and I want to tell you about that recipe right here. Get ready if you want to make it along with us. My Sazerac is an absinthe rinse in a glass. Just spray that absinthe inside of the glass, let it sit. One and a half ounce of the bourbon of your choice. We use Old Forester Statesman, very smooth, 95 proof bourbon. Um, and then half ounce of cognac. I used Pierre Ferrand 1840, great cognac for cocktails. I also use one teaspoon of Demerara gum syrup, one teaspoon of Herb Saint liqueur, two dashes of Picard's bitters. I never can pronounce that. It's a uh, Solids bitters, I believe, and then one dash of Angostura bitters. Um, from there, basically just pour the ingredients into the glass, stir, add a cube, and enjoy. It's a built-in glass cocktail, so super easy to make. If you're making multiple, you can use a mixing glass as well. But hopefully you guys enjoy this talk. I'm really, really looking forward to it. We're going to get started right now. Go. Sips and Ish, we're here with Kyle Turchetta, my man. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Doing awesome. Doing awesome. Happy birthday. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on. No better way to close yeah. out my birthday. So thank you. Dude, thank that's you legit. Did you do anything fun today? Just worked. Just worked. Cut hair. Um, got off a little early. Came back. Hung out with the family. And had some dinner. Had some pizza. And then just... You know, hung out. So nothing crazy. Yeah. Let's see that hair, by the way. I just last time I saw you, you had a buzz cut. Now it's long as hell, right? That's bad, man. That's crazy. Look at that. I mean, quarantine helped big time. 
quarantine helps <laughs> fuel fuel the fire big time. Um, you know, and the, everyone always says you're you work in a barber shop and your hair's like that. Like, how is that even possible? But I don't know. I mean, I guess it's uh, the first profession I've had that I can like do something like this. You know, so figured I'd try yeah. it out. Why not? Hell yeah, man! Yeah, cheers. By the way, very cheers. I'm excited to try. I haven't tried it yet, so. Oh man, it's a beast! I just took a sip before I walked down here. Woo! This is phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> it so, is strong. So it's um. Mm. So these things are usually three ounces total, and I think yeah. I sent you about nine ounces, maybe twelve. Yeah, I, um, I at was first, I say, thought. I, I, Haley yeah. was with me whenever we opened the package up, and she said, "Damn, that's that's more than just one little drink." And I was like, "Hey, you know, <laughs> I'm not complaining." <laughs> good, so, yeah, you definitely, guys, you definitely rough good. in the morning. Yeah, it is what it is. So Haley yeah. is. Uh, you guys are expecting a little one. We are. We are. We're uh, we're expecting a little boy. So pretty excited about that. Um, oh, we have. We have a girl now, and then she has a son, uh, yep. but I, I've been in his life. He's eight now. I've been in his life since he was like two, three, so you know, I, I consider him one of my own. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's nice nice to guys outnumber the girls in the house now, so looking forward <laughs> to that. The uh, the power is, is now in your hands. Yes. <laughs> Dude, one of, the first, one of the things I remember is uh, when you and Haley first got together is, uh, you know, almost right away you, like, took on a father, father, father role, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it was just, a, you know, a tough situation for him. Uh, his dad, you know, wasn't just in another state. He was in another country. Um, oh, so wow. that, you know, yeah, it was just like his dad lives in Italy. Um, he was actually born in Italy, lived in Italy until he was three. Uh, and then Haley and him came back over here. Things just didn't work out. Uh, but yeah, just like not having that father role. Um, I don't know. I just felt like he needed to have that in his life. And regardless if we worked out or not, like I, I spent enough time with the kid that, you know, I wanted to be that kind of guy. So yeah, it's been great. I mean, it's, it's a really, really cool relationship that we have. Uh, it's a cool relationship that I have with his dad too. We've, gotten really close as well so it's 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 nice so he's in touch with his dad yeah i mean you, you, the time difference things like that it, it it is difficult um but yeah i mean he he talks to him uh we try and facetime every sunday you know just try and keep that relationship strong because it is you know a continent away so yeah just anything we can do you know he wants to be involved in in his life so why not make that happen, you know? That's cool, man. And how how old is your uh, second one? You and, you and she, Haley's... Uh... She just turned two. Uh, she turned two January 2nd. And oh, she's man. she's hitting the terrible twos hard, man. <laughs> she is full personality, full diva. Just, it's... my teen, Her teenage years are going to be crazy. <laughs> So I got, I got news for you, man. If you think two is bad, and maybe you've, you experienced this with the first one, three is even worse, man. Ah, uh, no. I, and you're coming from the girl angle too, so I completely, yeah, completely believe yeah. it. And I can, I mean, it, it's. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I see how your daughter is. Like personality <laughs> just comes full bore. You know what I mean? Like Dig. it's just like they take on, you know, that, and they just go with it. it it's awesome, but 
yeah, I can see it's just going to get even more and more difficult, but it's what we signed up for, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. I wouldn't have any, any other way. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the the worst part is uh, you know I've got to PG myself. I can't curse yeah. anymore because it, <laughs> it's instantly. I, I instantly unfortunately, chat, man. unfortunately, I can't help it. I <laughs> I just I un- sometimes I let it slip. I try and keep myself, you know, but sometimes you gotta. It just happens, you know. <laughs> and they're gonna hear it anywhere. I yeah. mean, you know how it is. It's, give them alternative words. Exactly. Exactly. Try and do the, you know, poop <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. So we first met in what 2014. Yeah. Even before that? I was trying. I was trying to figure yeah. it out today. Because um, like when I got back to the area from college, it was just like a whirlwind couple years there, and I I was gonna say like 2014, 2013, 15, somewhere around there. I know it was somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, man. It's uh, So Kyle came to me when I actually was not even an owner of a DJ company. I was a general manager. I brought him on board. He was dope from the start. Um, but I want to go over like, dude, like you are the man of many paths. Um, so just, just yeah. naming a few that I know, you are a – is the correct term mortician? Or war- I, I, di- I didn't get there yet. Like I would be considered like a – funeral intern i guess you could say a funeral director intern like uh more mortician intern i guess um i i was in school i was going to be a funeral director or mortician but yeah i I was that um i was now now you're a barber right yes yep i'm a barber now um when i was in college at wilkes university i was working at a mohegan sun as a poker dealer and I did that for uh, like two years, um, and that I was no like, uh, and I, I was like, I, I had to take a, a test, like I had to get officially certified by the state, like it was a big deal. And I went to school for it, like uh, it was, I think my junior, like the end of my junior year, going into my senior year, and it was my junior spring semester, and. I played football, but I didn't have anything going on in the spring because football was in the fall. So, I was, you know, trying to find a job. And uh, there was just an ad. The Mohegan Sun just opened up with table games and poker, and they were looking for dealers. And I was like, you know, I used to play poker, so I thought it'd be cool. And I didn't realize, like, I got there and you had to take, like, a little test to make sure that you were, you know, knew what you were talking about, knew what you were doing. And then once you pass that test, then you had to go to school and the school wasn't just like a weekend or anything like that. It was like a six month school that I ended up having to stay over the summer for. And it ended up going into the fall and I was working overnights and then doing school during the day and football. It was just crazy. It was crazy, crazy. But I mean, the money, the money was good. So I couldn't say, I couldn't say no. So the money for a poker dealer is, is pretty, uh, can you live, live off of that? Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it was <laughs> like when you when you go to the casino, uh, like when you play in blackjack and roulette and stuff like that, you tip the dealer afterwards. Like all of those dealers have to pull their tips at the end of the night and then they split it up that way. Uh, yeah. But with poker, you get to keep all your tips. So whatever I make in tips that night, that's going in my pocket. I don't have to give it to anyone else. The casino isn't getting anything of it. You know, it, it's I take it all home. So. 
it really just matters like how fast you are, you know, how many hands you can get out and how well you can talk to people, how well you can, you know, make people believe that you're actually giving them winning cards. So, right. but it was a cool job, man. I, I, I enjoyed it. So you said while well, you were, when you were at Wilkes, did you play football for Wilkes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was, I went, that's why I went to school there. Um, played football there. And then I got hurt. Uh, and this actually helped the poker dealer, but I got hurt when I was training and working out in the summertime, I got a sports hernia and it didn't let me able to play. I wasn't able to play my senior year. So I actually ended up getting on uh, board with the coaching staff because my original game plan was I wanted to go to school, become a history teacher and coach football at a high school, you know, do that whole thing. And obviously I veered way off that path, but <laughs> that I, my coach knew all that. And he said, Hey, well, you know, we'd like for you to be a part of the team still. Why don't you just, you know, stay on board. You could be a assistant coach or like a student GA, you know? So it was cool. Like I, I was able to be coach Torchetta. Um, but I, I focused a little more on like the poker dealer aspect of it at that point. And, you know, I'm, I wasn't going to the NFL or doing anything like that. And the whole coaching vibe that sort of I, I wasn't going down that road as much as the year went on that year so I just sort of focused off of off of football and I mean it was all good I, I have no regrets about it at all but yeah that was that was Wilkes yeah but you're currently or maybe pre-pandemic you're you're also a football coach locally yeah I coached uh at the local high school here, uh, for two or three years. Um, but I, I, what happened was I was cutting hair and when I would get busy down at the barbershop would be like most busy would be when football practice was. So yep. I had to sort of pick one or the other, you know, I, and I have to, you know, unfortunately the coaching money wasn't like the barber money. So no, not to, at a local high school by any means. No, no. Yeah. So it's, had it's to pick the love. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, eventually I'd like to get back into it, but you know, we'll see. Dude. And, and also like every single one of my guests, uh, you're also a DJ and, and that's how you and I know each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. How's that I, going? I mean, you know, it, it's been tough, man. Uh, I, we talked a while back about just like the whole scheduling aspect of it all. And it's just like, I feel like, like sometimes I don't even want to look at my calendar just because it's just, it's just crazy, you know, and trying to reorganize dates. And then if you already had a date booked, then trying to talk to that client, it, it was just, it was just hard. Um, and, and I'm not really in the nightlife scene as much anymore. Um, you know, I, not that I, I wouldn't like to, but I just, with, two young kids and like trying to work all day long, you know, I, I did that and, and it was, it was tough. So yeah, just I can remember focusing. some scary, like, I, yeah, can remember, I, I can remember some scary carcoleptic uh, moments I, from you. I, I was just, I wanted to ask you if I ever told you this story, cause I was thinking about it today. It was, it was when Inferno was still going on and it was like a Friday night and I had a feeling it was, uh, it was like Ohio State weekend or something. It was a big weekend. And okay. I was DJing at Inferno Friday night. And I had just worked 
I think I was up there Thursday night at like uh, Indigo or not the basement, but Indigo or somewhere. And it was a crazy night, long night, got home, worked all day Friday and went up there and it was a crazy Friday night and I, I killed it. Like it was just, it was one of those nights that Inferno was just nuts, right? So I'm getting out of there. It was every, the place is going nuts. Like people are on the street and everything and I'm hyped, you know, it was a good night and I'm driving home and like I'm getting right out of state college and it was like a foggy night. And you know, the first hill you go down, like at the bottom of the hill where sheets, the old sheets was there. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm getting to the point where I'm going down that hill and I'm in the, uh, the passing lane and like, I'm driving, I'm, I'm fine. And out of nowhere, man, like 10 yards in front of me, I swear there was a dude that was just standing there in the middle of the road. And I like swerved and tried to miss him. And I just felt like this big crash. And I'm just in just like what just happened. So I yeah. drove down the hill and I pulled into the sheets there and looked over and my side view mirror was completely gone. And I'm like thinking, you know, do I go back up there? What am I going to see? You know, so I'm like, I, I got to go back. I went back up there and I did nothing. There wasn't a soul, <laughs> nothing anywhere. I checked the papers at the Center Daily Times for the next like week, looking to see if any like guy was found or girl or what. Like, but it was just one of those times where afterwards, like, I don't know if I was just like, or what happened, but I, I just, I needed to step back a little bit and just doing too many long nights, long days. And yeah, you're that's absolutely scary, right. I had never heard that story yet. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Even driving home like and then circling College Avenue or Beaver Avenue here in State College, it's like an obstacle course at 2 a.m. It's crazy. It's like like Mario Kart. (laughs) 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 It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But, yeah, it was just – I don't – you know. Like I I would go all night and then I would work all day and then – it was just it just got too much and when your body says oh my god I, you know absolutely it's it's just a and vicious as the cycle. Owner of the company sometimes sometimes my mind is just like you know oh make them work make them work make them work yeah you don't think about that you i mean and yeah. and if no one's saying anything you know how would you know and at that point in my life man like i thought i was superman like I was in my mid twenties, early twenties. Like I thought I could go five days a week, you know, like if anything, I was asking you for more gigs. Like I would, you know, (laughs) I wanted to do more stuff. So looking back on it, yeah. There was a wedding that you like, was it in Hershey and like you you were falling asleep at the wheel and got pulled over. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when cops pull you over, they, they think for, especially at one 32 o'clock at night, First thing they think is, oh, we got a DUI, we got this guy, and they pulled me over, and they could, like, my, I, I was just, my face must have just been exhaustion, and of course. the cop, the cop was just like, you all right, man, and I was just like, I had all my equipment in the back of the car, he saw everything, I was like, I just DJed a wedding, I'm just on my way home, I worked all day, exhausted, and uh, he actually got me out of the car and made me do, like, push-ups, and jumping, jumping jacks and had me like run in place for like 30 seconds and then was like, all right, you good. And he, he sent me on my way, but 
Yeah, I mean, you know, man, you I'm sure you I know you've had nights when I was with you at the club and then you were going and driving to Baltimore for a Sunday wedding or Philly or Pittsburgh. So, I mean, you're you, yeah. you know how it is. It's it's just a crazy I, I always lifestyle. I the adrenaline after. So, I think I think you your um your exhaustion probably hits you as soon as you stepped off the stage. Yeah. And I think mine like my my mind races for, for like probably 45 minutes or so. Yeah, and then and, once the once that hits, it's uh, you know then I'm like, oh god, I need to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but you're a big coffee drinker too, right? So like you'll you'll go get co- yeah. See, like I wasn't a coffee drinker back then, so like I was relying purely on like Red Bull or and you know the crash rate at that thing is like as well, soon as it's out of your system, sugar, yeah, exactly. Yeah. As soon as it's out of your system, you're done. So it was just just bad but i love tried it. to kick the coffee habit it's not not pleasant man not not pleasant to be around me have you tried like espresso or like anything the same like thing. yeah stronger coffee just like i know but you got a little short like just a smaller glass you know that's how i look at it that like i'm oh, not yeah. <laughs> i'm not drinking like three big mugs full of coffee i'm drinking two little shots and yeah, it no, might be a, point. it's mind over matter you know that's that's how i look at it so I actually I do I I have these um, full spectrum cannabis drops, the CBD drops, yes, and sir. they're full spectrum. So I guess that means they have a little bit of THC in them. In them. Yeah, I would say I, I mean any of those CBD uh, stuff they they all have some sort of they have they have to have a little bit of THC in them. So from my research, there's full spectrum, and then there's like uh, and you can't get those in Pennsylvania. You have to order them online, and then the stuff you get in the gas stations and stuff like that that's not full spectrum so there's no thc in it no no um, or, or trace trace amounts but like i actually take some cbd every once in a while and it definitely it keeps me more awake and uh, more focused um which probably makes me think it's sativa and not indica but yeah where i'm going with this is uh you're you're in the uh are you are you in the weed stock game what is, you're not you're in the cryptocurrency right i'm in the crypto but i'm in the i'm in the weed stock game a little bit too um are you getting hammered I'm- like bad right now it's it. See, all the weed stocks are all Canadian because obviously, like American is. Are you are you doing right now. I'm doing uh the big one that I'm doing is called a Fira right now. Uh, okay. A P H A I think. Uh, it was down like at nine something like a month ago, and it it just recently went to like twenty four, twenty five. Um. So that was a good one. I like I'm trying to think. Uh, Aurora Cannabis. I that's yeah that, that's what I, acb that's what i have. yeah yeah i mean that's that's a that's a big player uh tilray is another big one um the the, the thing with that man is if you can get in the ground floor now because it's gonna yeah. become it's gonna become legal in i would say if biden gets reelected, his second term he that's a big thing on his agenda it has to be it just it has to be um yeah. so I, I'm trying to get in on it now. Uh, it's it's my brother works for uh, Terrapin. It's the local um, like cannabis. The I don't want to call them a dispensary, like a grow operation. They're actually out of Colorado, but okay. they grow uh, they grow marijuana here, and it's in Avis, Pennsylvania, and it's one of the leading grow operations on the East Coast in the country. But they're doing a expansion right now 
that when they're done with the expansion, they're going to be the biggest grow operation on the East Coast. And trying to get in whenever they, you know, eventually are able to go public, like that's going to be like getting in on Amazon, man. So just, you know, it's, it's everyone's dream. Get rich, you know, find something quick, but you got to play the long game. I put a little bit of research into it and I want to talk about cryptocurrency because I'm not in that and I want to kind of wrap yeah. my head around it. But so what I'm looking for when I look at cannabis stocks or weed stocks and right now, like it's very like, you know, it's everything is kind of limited to one state. Yes. Like, so I've been looking at like top selling brands like across states and you can yep. find, you could just Google, Google that pretty easy. Yep. Yep. But I constantly Google it because I want to find that one brand that hits multiple states as a top five seller because I think that's kind of the – potentially could be the one brand that's like that name brand weed. Like right now we Absolutely. call it weed. We call it marijuana. Yep. Yep. But there's going to be a, a point 20 years from now where there's a name brand and people are just referring to it as that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean you got to think it. this is just going to be like alcohol prohibition, right? I mean, at one point, alcohol was illegal. It got yeah. legal, and look what we're doing now. You know, we're doing oh, podcasts yeah, about alcohol. So you got to think at some point, it, it we're going to go in that direction, especially if you look at all the states right now that are either medical or recreational, like, it's coming. Like, it, it's just, it's something that's coming. It, we are getting a generation that's becoming of power, I guess, and politics that are very passionate about it you know they're uh, our attorney general in pennsylvania here is i mean he did a tour uh, he called it a pot tour i think it was right before covid like a year or so before covid and he just went John around Federer, to like right yeah, yeah yeah um he looks like a huge hippie <laughs> but just yeah. went around to like local call like colleges across pennsylvania and like you know asked students like is this something that we want to do and I, I mean, I don't know how people don't see how the benefits outweigh the, I don't even see any cons, so I'm not even going to say any cons, but it's yeah, just yeah. something that, you know, when our kids, your, when your daughter and, and my kids are 18 years old, I, they're going to be able to go to Sheets and, and if they want to buy a pack of joints, like, it, that's going to be <laughs> like, you know, it's nothing to them. It's, it's crazy to think, yeah, I'm, I'm it is, man. It's crazy. It is. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not a smoker, and, and I've said this before, but it's it's mostly just because I don't know where to get it. Well, <laughs> I mean, eventually it'll it, it'll be like you go to Walmart and you get it just in yep. an aisle aisle five, you know. But like I, I have my uh, I have my medical card, so I go up to okay. the dispensary up in State College. There, you would like the just the different walks of life that you see there i mean all ages you know you have people that are walking in in suits people that are walking in in scrubs young old like just it really puts in perspective like you know i think when we were growing up obviously it was more like a taboo thing you know it, it, that that pot you know everyone calls yeah, it yeah. dope it dope weed's not dope <laughs> you know like it's, it's but gateway that, drug exactly gateway drug all this stuff and i think now like at least what i see is you have a lot of people that are able to come out of hiding if you want to say that and and able to 
enjoy something that they should be able to enjoy or use the medicine that helps them, you know, with whatever it may be. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. So, both actually, both of my neighbors. I live, uh, you know, where I live. I live, I live in yeah. downtown Bullsburg. Uh, yeah. Bullsburg is a really cool little cute town, but it's mostly senior citizens. I'm the youngest one by far, and I'm by no means a spring chicken. But <laughs> both my both of my neighbors are actually they've got their medical card. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, they... the one is a little bit more private about it. She. she she had she actually had a hip replacement, so she she uses it for pain. Okay. Uh, my neighbor across the street, um, I'm pretty sure he smoked freely before. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool guy, um, but yeah. a loose spirit. Yeah, but he had he's had a knee replacement, so again he he got a, he had his medical card too. But um, a lot of people like I mean my my girl I was offered a medical card for um, anxiety even. Did she like? think about it all because that's i mean that's what i obviously everyone wants to say like yeah anxiety but like it i that's what i use it for man and the nice thing about yeah. getting it from medical side is you know if you were to get it off the street you're just going to get whatever someone has yeah. but going to the actual they'll you tell them what your problem is and they tell you here this is what you need and they give you what you need and it works it, i mean it's a i i think it's a it's a better you know, alternative than taking pills or doing whatever I else maybe. I hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, and again, it's just something that mellows you out. Something that like, uh, Absolutely. I, I don't totally, I, I, I've only had short moments of anxiety. Um, um, Kristen definitely suffers from more extreme anxiety yeah. to the point where she, she gets sick from it. So she, she would probably benefit from it, but, uh, I would really, really definitely tell her to just look into it because it's, I've talked to people just in my profession. I talk to, you know, a lot of people every day and I've ran across people that never smoked before in their entire lives. And their doctor said, Hey, why don't you try this? And they tried it and it's changed their lives. Like it's, it's just, it's the proofs in the pudding, you know, you have people yeah. across the, the world that it's benefited. So I definitely have a look into it. I feel like I should be like Joe Rogan asking if you've ever done DMT, but we'll, we'll, we'll digress we there. can do that offline. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So what else is new in life, man? Nothing, man. Just working. Uh, you know, got the kid on the way. We just moved into uh, a new house. Like Congrats. prior. Pri thank you. Uh, this was like prior COVID and everything. Uh, so we're finally getting things in in order. Uh, we're getting our bathroom done right now. So, yeah, just trying to make it our own. It actually was the house that Haley grew up in. So, okay, yeah, it's pretty cool that you know we can raise our kids now and in the house that she grew up in. And so, just, now are you, you know, handy at all? Are you are you doing any nah, stuff on your own? No, nah, I'm not even going to pretend like I, I am. <laughs> I, I I try. I just you know YouTube's a good tool. But yeah. when they start talking, you know, I don't, I don't understand a lot of it. I'm trying though. I am. I, I figured now that I have my own house, I need to learn. You know, I can't, can't be calling my dad anymore or my buddies oh, dude, to come I over. I'm I mean, <laughs> ten years on you. <laughs> you always can, right? You always can call <laughs> dad. But yeah, I'm just, I'm learning. I'm learning. It's, it's a process for sure. But. Yeah, just, you know, I'm really trying to just especially with not being able to work for 
you know, I, COVID happened March, March 16th. I know the date. I'll never forget the date. March 16th. Uh, and then I, I didn't go back to work till July 3rd, 2nd, 2nd or 3rd, something like that. So, yeah, I was off that whole time. Um, so since so then, I, I'm um, your, really just – Your barbershop, is that a co-op or is that is that yours? No, no. It's uh, my buddies. I went to high school with them. I graduated high school with them. He went to barber school. Um, and he was for a while after he was done or in barber school, he was living in state college and he was driving, uh, he'd drive up to Lock Haven and he would cut like myself and a bunch of our buddies hair. And he, uh, he was going to move to like Philly or Pittsburgh or something like that. And I sort of said to him, I was like, Hey man, like you're already cutting a bunch of people in Lock Haven. Like there isn't a barber here right now. You know, where, you've been to Lock Haven. It's a small, yeah. you know, it's a college town, but outside of that college community, it's, you know, we got a factory town. So a bunch of middle-class workers, just not a whole lot of barbershops. And I said, this, it's a perfect, perfect thing. So he came in and opened up a barbershop. And that was like five, six years ago. And at the time I was doing the funeral stuff and, I think that too, with like where I was with basically my life and kids and everything, it was just a lot like that. You, when you're doing that stuff, there's no nine to five. Like, you know, you may get called out in the middle of the night. You may get called out during dinner. Like I remember there was like two years in a row where Christmas day, I got called out, like we're having opening presents and then I get a phone call and you know, I got to go. So it, it was just getting too much, you know? And, I knew I wanted to have more kids and he was trying to expand. So he asked me and, you know, it just, it, it's grown from there. And that was four years ago. I've been there. So, you know, it, it's good. I, I really, really enjoy it. I've, I've tell you, man, I, I've met a lot of really, really, really cool people. And, and that's something that every job that I've done, you know, I, I think that's the underlying thing that, like I, I look for in jobs is just meeting some awesome people, you know, like working with local motion and then men, like meeting all the guys, uh, you know, just awesome relationships that, that have happened through there, you know, and it, it's the same thing with this. Just, he's a really, really cool dude. He's one of my best friends and you know, it, business is good when you work well with people. So yeah, yeah, it's going well, it's going really, really well. It definitely helps when you enjoy what you do and you enjoy the people you work with, and uh, yeah, just just all that, man. And it's not uh, a job anymore, then, right? Like, no, no, no. It's at a, that point, but like you're as just a barber, fun. you you kind of play a role of therapist too, sometimes a little bit, right? All the time, man. All the time. <laughs> like it's the it's the uh, male male therapy, you know? Like yeah, yeah. Got guys are too masculine to actually go to a therapist; they go get their hair cut. That's Dude, that's what I like to think. Like. And it's awesome. Like, I love just talking to people, like just listening to people, you know, if if all they want to do is talk the whole time and I'm not going to say a word, that's cool. Like, you know, if you want to rant and get stuff off your chest, that's that's what you're here for. And I I mean, I always tell people too, like you are you're going to feel good after you get a haircut regardless. But then if you're able to have a good conversation while you do that, like. That's just the cherry on the top. So 
just trying to make the best experience out for people. So definitely, definitely enjoy talking and, and becoming therapist on the side. <laughs> yeah, I remember 15, 20 years ago, I used to go to the barber and I always felt good, man. Yeah. Always I felt told good you, afterward. man, you should. We do the hot towel shaves. Like, you can come down. I got to come down, the, yeah. The nice straight razor on the head. Like, you would feel like a million bucks. I forgot that you told me that. I need, I, like, I'm not even joking. I, we'll hook up. We'll hook that up because yes. we have Genevieve back in daycare. For the before, Genevieve wasn't in daycare for the longest time. Like, you were playing daddy daycare. It, dude, do you want to talk about it? Like, tough is, is running a <laughs> business, dealing with hundreds of cancellations. Trying to figure out, you know, how you're going to make money. Yeah. Also, uh, also raising and trying to, uh, yeah, just be like trying to. I like guess she's only three, so you're not teaching that much. But you, you want to do some educational things here and there. Absolutely. You want to keep her moving. You can't just put her in front of a TV. Yeah. So yeah. So how did just... so how did you do with like COVID and stuff? like were you like the one that was watching her during the day for the most part? Yeah. So for all of our podcast listeners and watchers. Kristen, uh, my significant other, is a GM at a very, very popular restaurant in town. And one of the very first things they did there was almost like they furloughed the entire staff. So for the longest time from the initial shutdown in like mid-March to I want to say it was like June or maybe mid-June when things kind of started kind of reopening. Yeah. There was that first first wave where – people thought COVID was over and, and it most certainly was not. Remember, remember everyone was saying like two weeks. Oh, this is like a two week thing. Two, like, two, and now it's yeah. we're literally going on a year, man. A year later. <laughs> At her uh, restaurant though, it was her, the executive chef, an assistant in the kitchen. And maybe that's it. Damn. And they did takeout orders only. But the reason that business sustained is because they cut their costs so much and they took advantage of the people that were on salary. Yeah. So it's good, good news. She didn't get cut off. She didn't have to go through the unemployment drama that we probably all had to. Um, but, yeah, she she worked fucking 60 to 70 hours a week. And Damn. I was just at home with a three-year-old. We had no relationship time, which, you know, is, is important. Absolutely. Um, she would come home just completely drained. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, I was probably asleep before she came home most absolutely. of the time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. How how hard? And I tried to like explain this to people because I was in the same boat. Like Haley was working, so I I not only had the two year old, but I also had to do school because uh-huh. where uh, where Sally goes to school at, they were still doing online school, so I had to be a first grade teacher. As well as be like Dake. So, man, by May, like I was just, just it was just bad. It was just and, bad. Well, the, and it didn't really stop in May. Like when it's when exactly, August, August, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and everything you like at that point in time, like anytime you turn on the news or turn your phone on, like anything that was being said was all just like bad. So yeah. there was no end in sight. This may go on for two and a half years. Like. You know, I was just like, I can't do this. Like, I, I don't know. I do. I to this day, I have no idea how babysitters operate with like seven, <laughs> eight kids. Like, they are not human. I don't no. understand it. But you know, it's just crazy time. Crazy, crazy time. 
I, I think in the case of like babysitters and, or daycares that have multiple kids, uh, they kind of rely on the kids to self-regulate themselves, like entertain Absolutely. each other. But it's also, you know, you put your systems in place like any other business, like a barbershop, like a DJ, like a mortician, whatever the case may be. I think you just get used to it and, and it's, you've got your flow. But for somebody like you and I going in blind, um, you know, we're parents. But yeah. Yeah, no. It's, I'm not a first grade teacher, man. I don't, no. I don't, I don't know how to and, – and how we were taught stuff back – way back then, you know, they aren't ta- teaching that stuff now. So, like, I'm trying to do math with him and I think I'm doing it the right way. And he's like, no, that's not how we do it. It's just nuts. <laughs> Different time, man. If you want to feel good, like I obviously I haven't experienced it, but every parent I know that has kids in school or is dealing with it, and you are not alone. It's been uh, frustrating. Yeah, it's just yeah, so bad, so bad. But hopefully, I think I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think I hope is it's. I think it's coming. I I really really I know, do. Man, like so. When you talk about like our DJ business, which uh, you know Kyle kind of broke away, is doing his own thing, uh, kind of crushing his his market, um, which is pretty close. And I hit up Kyle yeah. still, and and you know I want I would love to work with him, and, and he, he will work with me. I, he has before, but you know he's he's pretty packed. His schedule's pretty full. But my May is getting thinned out, like not not yeah. like so like Wolf admitted like and and I'm a, I'm a lifelong Democrat. I'm not afraid to admit that, uh, but yep. I'm also. Uh, I'm also probably more libertarian. I, I like the so I like I like uh, fiscal conservative uh, yeah that approach, but I also like the um, the uh, social social liberties. I guess you could say. I would agree. I'm I'm in that lane. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. But uh, Wolf just basically limited uh, like events. Did you see that? It's like fifteen percent or no fifty. No, it's fifteen percent. I did not see that. It was just two days ago, and, and people are uh, touting it as good news. Uh, I mean, so uh, now it, there's it, there's there's two different ways to look at that. There are, there are venues that operate as restaurants, so that's a loophole, and they could have fifty percent. Okay. And there's the and, and in state college, you tend to get the more like uh, kind of like cautious approach with venues. Play by the book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which um, you know, that means you know, even if you have a thousand person venue, that means 150 people. And let's be mm. honest, most venues are capped at like 300 to 400. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I looked at it from it's super scary. Like, uh, and again, you you think like I just like I did. You think maybe the end is coming, but then you know, you hear that there's another strain or that something else is is happening and like i i just saw the whole texas and i think it was like mississippi or texas something like that yeah like, like done oh, we're done yep. Fuck it. yeah <laughs> we're done you know we're we're back to normal and uh actually Haley has a friend that lives in texas and she uh she texted her the other morning and said like i didn't get any sleep last night after they announced that we're back to normal, they were putting fireworks off in the streets <laughs> and like you know burning masks in the streets and this such and that. A Texas Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean you you hear stuff like that and you get excited, but then you hear like you know the fifteen percent stuff and it's like when is it when's it going to be over? You know, like uh, did, are you getting a vaccine? Did you get? Oh, hell yeah. I don't have it. I'm probably going to be the last person to get it because I'm healthy and everything that's, like that. That's exactly what I tell people. Like, I'm I'm self-employed. I'm healthy. I'm middle-aged. Like, 
I'm going to be the very last person that's offered it, you know, like, yeah. uh, I, dude, I've not... checked like five times. And I, so I've got this, I've heard from people that the strategy, like if, if it's, in, if it's somebody like you or I, that I, you know, I'm 42, you're 32, right? 32. Yep. Yep. So somebody like you or I, or is like last in line to get it CVS and like your Rite aids and pharmacies like that. Yep. Apparently, like once they bring out the supply for the day, especially the uh, the first brand that has to be like at a, kept at a certain temperature. Mm-hmm. Once they bring out that supply for the day, they have to throw it away at the end of the day. I've heard that too. So I've... I guess you know you go towards the end of the day. You're called towards the end of the day, and if they have extras, potentially they could get it. We could get yeah, it. Yeah, I've I've heard that too. I've heard uh, just from talking to people that like come in the shop, like they'll know someone that works there. And they'll get like a phone call at the end of the day saying, hey, call five people, you know, and have them come down real quick. And, you know, I, I obviously haven't been one of those people that they <laughs> called yet. But, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I've heard the same thing. It's just basically luck of the draw. You know, it's, yeah. it, it, it'll happen when it'll happen. But who knows? My father lives be. in Florida and, and even my mom's a nurse in an ER and she she has gotten it now. But my father like went into like this, I guess in Florida, you know, just they're, they've been pretty open for. Since... Yeah, I feel like they're the same with Texas, man. Like it, if you, more... yeah, like if you yeah. didn't, if you didn't think that this was like a, a virus or anything, like you went to Florida. Like that, that was, yeah. Yeah, there were people in Lock Haven that were going on vacation, you know, to Tampa and Orlando last year, like. I feel like Florida was the place that you just went to and you didn't have to worry about Kristen it. Kristen and I went to Key West late June. Was it? Was there any like people wearing masks and stuff? Or It was the best experience of our lives. Really? First of all, it was dirt cheap. Oh, we yeah. We went like the second or third week that they opened. We basically flew into um, Fort Myers, Naples, which is where my parents live in Florida. Yep. We drove to – we dropped off our daughter. We drove there for – we stayed there for four days. Uh-huh. Nobody was on the island. Nobody. Damn. You we guys stayed had at it the to Waldorf. yourself. We stayed at the Waldorf Astoria for like $130 a night. Wow. Damn. <laughs> and I... we had like the, the the pool tour. Like there was like six people at the hotel pool. You know, we we, we people did wear masks. Um, yeah. Just like in Pennsylvania, you had to wear masks when you walked to your table. Once you're seated at the table, you, you could take them off. You could off. take it off. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was how, it was how much how, how much was the plane tickets? Were they oh, under always cheap? Always yeah. cheap. We looked up because we were just messing around like for, for this week for my birth, like, you know, just flying somewhere. And we looked yeah. up, we could have left this past Monday from State College or no, Philly, left from Philly and flew to Miami round trip and got back tomorrow for $32. And that $32. was $32. <laughs> that's and, probably like a spirit or a legion. Yeah, you frontier, were flying right? fr- frontier. Yeah, you were flying like one of the yeah. no leg room, you know, but for $32. But they're fine, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, I'll sign me for, up. Um, like, like, when I look at those flights, if it's like a two or three hour flight, which is like to Miami, that's probably two and a half hours. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Why not? Why not? You yeah. know, like. You're going to save so much money because, you know, when you get there, if you're going to Miami, you're going to drop a lot of money. So if I can save money on the the way getting there, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely doing that. So. Yeah, I haven't haven't been to Miami in in five or six years probably. 
That was one place I've never gone yet. I, I'd like to go there. You know, I've heard a lot of really, really cool. But the one thing that keeps me like, I don't know, is expense. Like, I've heard that when you go to Miami, it's like just crazy, crazy, crazy expensive. But if you're going to go someplace, I guess you want to get the experience, right? So No, I mean, you could do everything. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably spend a lot of money on food. Then that's kind of like the one area where I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, but, uh, they have like they have boutique hotels in Miami, and I mean, I, I I went before the Airbnb craze. I don't know how they are there, but the boutique hotels in Miami, you get a, you could find a room off season. Like right, well, right now it's pretty busy season. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, it's you could right, during the right time you could find 150 bucks in a boutique hotel. That's not bad. It's not bad. The, at the all. rooms are cool. Like they're super super modern, but like uh, they so they're very like these boutique boutique hotels that aren't like backed by a major brand. Mm-hmm. What you'll find out is that they take great pictures for like an Expedia or whatever, wherever you're looking to book your flight, but they're a little rough around the edges. So the rooms, like, they've got cool finishes, they look cool, but then, like, you know, they're just a tiny little bit rough around the edges. But whatever. I mean, yeah, and, and at the end of the day, what, you're just you're just sleeping there, right? Like, you go to a place to yeah. go explore the city, so, like, I, well, I, I don't care really sleep, what they're the... making babies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's clean for that. Like, to me, it's like you know, if it's got a decent bed and, and and decent water pressure to shave my head, I'm happy. Yeah, it's all good stuff, man. That's all that yeah. matters. <laughs> Hot water, Hot water. <laughs> hmm. But now, man, Miami's fun. Um, yeah, there's lots of places you can go. That's uh, we're we're doing. Uh, did you do a a baby moon? Did you do anything like that? Do you know what a baby moon is? A baby moon. No, what's that? So I didn't know what this was either. I was told about this. It's a, uh, you know, you have have the honeymoon. The baby moon is like a trip you take prior to the baby. So like, you know, she obviously when you hit that third trimester, can't really do a whole lot. And then when you have the baby for six weeks afterwards, you can't do anything. Yeah, you're not doing shit. No. So the baby moon is you're supposed to do that like second, first trimester. You go somewhere, relax, you know, sort of set your vibe, your mood for the the upcoming events. Um, so we were trying to think of somewhere to go. And I don't know, she 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 likes the New England area, like going, you know, somewhere up there. Uh, and Newport, man. Newport, Rhode Island is, is amazing. Uh, I my best friend uh, got married up there. I was in the wedding, and man, you want to talk about just gorgeous, just absolutely yeah. gorgeous, gorgeous town. Like it, gorgeous. That's all I could say about it. But yeah, I mean, we went to Salem before. Uh, I really would like to go to Boston. That that's a cool little place. I I don't know. I I, I really, really, really want to go to the Northwest. Like I just have something that's like drawing me out there like i want to check i want to check out portland seattle right seattle Seattle, yeah like that that area like i don't know man i I just i hear a lot of cool things there's a lot of people a lot of my buddies that have moved to like the oregon area just say like it's it's just really 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 cool scenery um the cities are like you know really youthful and like just cool places to be so I don't know, man. It's 
you know, you've traveled before. You could anywhere you go, you're gonna find something fun to do or, or cool to see. So it's just a matter of like what you're into and and what your what your expectations are of that trip. So, so we'll I'm actually gonna do a solo cast um within the next uh, few weeks. Here, I have a couple like solo podcasts where I talk, and one of the uh, podcasts I'm gonna is gonna be a mental health and wellness podcast, which you know, of course, oh. with the drink goes along perfectly. But it does. Absolutely. Yeah. But absolutely. one of the I think. One of the most important thing, things things I think in life is always having something to look forward to. Yes. And it could be something small. It could be something big. But like having a vacation, a weekend away, a babysitter, a night out, whatever yep. that is. I think that's just like always having something to look forward to is super important. That's that's one of like Haley's like biggest things. And she tells me all the time. And like I, I always think about it too. Like it's it just something that, you know, when it gets really, really, really shitty and you just – don't feel like doing anything like having something to look forward to and just think like, all right, get through this and you'll eventually, you know, you're going to go to, you know, Philadelphia or you're going to go to the city, like, you know, just wherever, you know, just yeah. having something to look forward to. That's huge for mental health, man. And I, that's a, it's going to be an awesome podcast because I think that we're in an age too, where like, it's finally cool to talk about mental health. You know what I mean? Like, when we were growing up, like that was no, like dude, it was shameful. You couldn't say anything about it. Like if you had, and it's crazy too because, like, you know, we there was like music out there. You know, DJs relate everything to music, but like there was music out there like Nirvana and like Pearl Jam and shit like that. That like was super, super, super depressing. But <laughs> no one, no one wanted to talk about that stuff. You know what I mean? Like. It's just, it was just something. It was that, cool to not give a shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And now, like, I feel like it's the complete opposite. Like these, like, if you don't have something wrong with you, you know what I mean, or you're not going through something, it's almost like, wait a minute, that that doesn't seem right. Like, how are you not dealing with something? Which I think that it's a good thing that people are more open about it all and and seeking help and stuff like that. Like. I think that we need to be that way, especially with what's going on right now. You know, it's, yeah. you know, it's just crazy. People's lives are flipped upside down. I, I, like, I don't know like just, how. Almost how, everybody's. Yeah. And like, I wanted to add, like, how is the bar scene right now? It's like, what is going on with. Know. Like, I have no clue. <laughs> My bar's at uh, home now. It's crazy. Like, that's what I, like. How are bars going to survive this? You know what I mean? Like, I could see restaurants. Like, I mean, but like, I get they're resourceful, but like, you have a place. I I don't want to name drop any bars or anything, but you have places that do X number all the time, all every night, every Friday, Saturday night. You know as well as I do what those places are. That hasn't been the case for a year. You know what I mean, but like, how how can you how can you continue like that? And, and like you said, there's not really an ending. Like we don't see when that's going to change. So how can you keep on? You know, like it, it just doesn't. And and I can't see Penn State not having bar. You know, it's just it's I. I, I mean, feel for so you, AJ and I, DJ Cassius, who's going to be an upcoming podcast guest, of course. Absolutely. Um, 
we DJ um, the the one place that we've DJed is a place called Doggies, which is yeah. an infamous Penn State bar named uh, which used to be the Rathskeller. And dude, Doggies is crushing it. By the way, just like they've, the 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 new owners are awesome. They've done cool things, and Hotel State College even has new owners, which is uh, Indigo slash the yep. basement now. Yep. So these new owners, I mean, they've they've got a little bit deeper pockets than than previous owners. Okay. But nobody, nobody, nobody is would ever have anticipated a year with like a seventy five percent drop in revenue. Yeah. And having to become crafty and put together takeout meals or not allow guests at bars or be at 25% capacity. So at Doggies, it's wild. So you can't, you, I mean, even at the official wedding spots where we DJ, like the Nittany Lion and Penn Stater, you can't walk around with your beverages. Like, so if you get a drink, wow. you've got to be seated. Wow. Um, so basically, there's no dancing. Um, yeah. So, like, what are you, what are you playing? Like, are you just doing like, like tech house sets, like just no, no, like... no, no, no. So doggies is a party bar. It's like your toe. Like I mean, just that style of the room is a bar where you're playing everything from '80s to '90s okay. to country and hip hop. So it's not your club style room. I got you. But so it's it's basically just kind of feeling out the crowd, reading the room, knowing what's hot, just like it is in a dance floor. But yeah, you kind of look for those little pops when you play the beginning of a song. But the I crazy see. thing is you have to have food when you drink in Pennsylvania. So yeah. you can't just go out to have a couple drinks. You yeah. have to have food at your table. Yep. And, you know, with a three-year-old at home and with so much going on in my life, I barely drink when I'm out anyway. Yep. But, you know, like a, a DJ at a bar, not a wedding, but at a bar, like to have a couple sips of things. And and, and Cassius might, might drink a little more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, Cassius. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, Cassius. <laughs> But uh, so they bring they bring it was so crazy um, you know the first night I DJed there the first time I DJed there they just bring over a pizza to sit at your table because that and you the need pizza to have, just there. there and if you want to eat it you could eat it and and if you finish it they're gonna bring you over another pizza <laughs> so uh. that's just that's one of the crazy things but it's just a small weird thing that just is like okay I guess I give unlimited pizza it's gonna that's help crazy, me a lot with my covid diet here that's crazy but, uh, yeah so it's it's just people at their tables responding to what you're playing and like they might be singing along you might see them nudging each other you know it, you, it's you, different i mean obviously you gotta be like i feel like that really separates the uh the joes from the pros if you may like because it's not like you're reading a dance floor per se you know what i mean you're reading people and, and you know, as well as I do, like, you know, one of the key things with DJing is obviously being able to read what people are responding to. And yeah. part of that reading is what people are dancing to. Well, if you take that dancing element out of it, like that's that, I mean, it's, it's difficult, you know, it, it's hard, and especially, you know, playing in an element where, where, you know, people still want to hear music and they want to hear like party music. Like you got to, I would imagine it, it's it's got to be still fun for you because you're still like challenged. I would assume, you know, it is a challenge and it's fun. It's different, and I'm I'm just gonna straight up say it sucks, dude. It's it's yeah. stupid. Yeah. Um, again, like, would you would you rather just not DJ? No. Yeah. I would rather do this than not DJ. Yeah. I would rather do this and DJ atmospheric spots and party bars where people aren't allowed to dance 
than yeah. live stream. Yeah. I, I, I did the live stream thing I did pretty actively too. for the first it sucks. It's yeah. worse. All the yeah. technical shit. You're playing for a fucking chat window. Yeah. And then you're trying to read this tiny ass window and <laughs> it's yeah, man. I, I, oh, thanks, I did it like thanks, twice. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like yeah, it, it's it wasn't, uh, and and that was when everyone was doing it too, and you had like all these yeah. big name DJs doing it, and it was just like, you know, obviously you got to try it, but I agree, man. Like it, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't down with it. I didn't like it. It's not the avenue for me. There's a lot of people out there actually that had continued with it and refined what they were doing yeah. and are crushing it. Yeah. So Twitch is the is the leading provider for that style of streaming. And I think to be really successful in that realm, you need to be a showman. Yeah. And Absolutely. I while I, I like I can command a stage, I'm confident in my abilities, I'm not a showman. I'm not playing a character. Yeah. I'm not doing goofy stuff. I'm not doing what I would consider to be goofy things. Yeah. Yeah. And I... even the DJs that aren't doing goofy things are putting a ton of work into the production with green yes. screens and videos and graphics. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if you watch Twitch and you enjoy the DJs there, I think Twitch has a tipping system. Yeah. Or some kind of monetization system. They Tip do. those fucking DJs because they're yeah. putting in a lot of work. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, and like you said, I, with, with me, like, and, and I'm more of a DJ where I'm not going to be like scratching and things like that. I'm focusing a lot on just mixing and then like, you know, trying to mix it with, you know, in key and just going, you know, more of that aspect of it. So there's not a whole lot of people like that. You're really watching anything. So if you're just listening to something, then why aren't you going to listen to like, you know, a mix or something? I don't know. Like it was just after I I'm, like, I'm not I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed to admit dude like I mean I could crush parties for days like I'm 100% yeah. proud of my reputation I think you are too yeah but I'm like pretty boring to fucking watch I, I'm the same what way, I man. do is meant to facilitate people connecting with each other yes 100% and that's where I get my like you know that's where I like thrive at like I thrive in crowds watching people enjoy what I'm doing. You you know, like whenever you like, you know, throw a really, really good mix down and that, that just second song just surprises the hell out of people and you get that reaction. Like there's nothing like that. And you're not getting That's that sweet, reaction man. on a lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're not getting that on a live stream. Like I don't care who, you know, it, it, it you're just not getting it. So and if you, you do it, still get that at doggies, and that's like a, a place like in where people awesome. are sitting down. Yeah, but I feel like you need to magnify that. Yes. So, a, like your whole like um, dopamine of being a DJ is getting those squeals, Absolutely. and that's all you have. Yeah. So, like, you're just going for more of them. With like, and it's still psychology. So, like, with psychology, you know, you don't can't give squeal, 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 because then squeals mean nothing. Correct. So Correct. You know, you've got to get wheel you got to bring them down with not without being boring and then you know a couple of songs later you go for another one so yeah yep yeah i mean it, it i hope we can get back to that soon because i'm the same way with you man like that's why that's why i a big reason why i do it just to have see those interactions with people and and see you know, just people having fun i guess <laughs> i mean 
basically to put it bluntly. Yeah, yeah especially especially weddings, man. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, it's just I I I hope I hope by the fall I hope by the fall that we're we're good. You know, you're you're back doing your thing at at the basement, and you know, Penn State football games are back in, and and all that stuff's going on, and we can have weddings and things are normal. But who the hell knows? So man. state college, dude, like state college, um, and and just like I need to come to you and get a. Uh... A nice hot towel shave, which I'm a little Absolutely. fuzzy today. Absolutely. So we've got some new ownership groups in State College. The the, the Pat Croce family okay. just taken over Hotel State College. They're doing killer things. Um, so Chris and I are doing a date night on Saturday at the Allen Street Grill, which is by far our favorite restaurant in town. And 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 you guys need to go. You and Haley need to go. Really to good. Like it just needs. To yeah. They've, Absolutely. They've, it still has the same name. So you you know you might remember it as Spats at the Grill or the Allen Street Grill. Yeah, but the menu, the executive chef, the room design, dude, they're like my people. Like, and, really? You know, I'm not doing business, business with them currently, but it's like I want to see these guys fucking like succeed. Like, yeah. I want to see them blow up. Like, yeah. For the fact that they like put the money they put into in that restaurant in a time where they're not making any money, mm-hmm. that's balls. Absolutely. Any uh, anyone doing that stuff right now? Yeah, I mean, I tip my hat to them. That's. Exactly what you said. You I mean you got some Dude, big they, balls they, on you? They took Chumley's. Chumley's is a gay bar here in State College. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tiny. It's almost impossible to make money at Chumley's. It's, it's yep. just like we're doing this for the community. Yep. I think that's always been the approach with Chumley's. Yep. And they took Chumley's, and it used to have a bottle shop, which you know now you've got sheets selling beer to go. You've got anywhere you want. They knocked down that wall. And they probably okay. spent over a hundred thousand dollars inside of Chumley's and made it look cool. Wow! Like now Chumley's, like it's not even open yet, but I've seen the pictures, I've seen like the previews, I've seen like their design work inside, uh-huh. and I know that Ellen is a great bartender. Like I would go to Chumley's and sit down and have a dope drink, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's awesome. That's really, really, really cool yeah. that you have that. I mean, I think you're always going to have cool and innovative things, especially in the area we're in. State College is always going to be like, you know, our quote unquote city, you know. So I, yeah. I think that you're always going to have really cool and innovative people that just sort of migrate to that area, especially around central Pennsylvania. So that's awesome. That's really, really cool that, you know, you have people doing dope stuff like that. I, I want to bring them down this way, man. We need we need stuff like that down here. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but like Lock Haven, like in all, a lot of little towns that used to be like railroad towns or coal mining towns, they're they're starting to get revitalized, and and I don't think Lock Haven's far behind, man. No, I mean, like I said earlier, like yeah, I think we're coming into a a stage where you have like people like us, you know, that are getting politically powerful or coming into positions of power, whether that be city commissioners, you know, county commissioners, mayors, whatever the case may be. And they have good ideas and youthful ideas, you know, that they're, they're not trying to, you know, I'm not saying like libraries are a bad thing, but they're not trying to, you know, renovate a library or they're not trying to put like more parking lots or stuff like that out there. Like they're doing things that are going to bring business to the city and any city across America, that's ultimately the goal. You know what I mean? You want to bring money into your city. So 
I think that's I, it is coming for Lock Haven. I think that the the university definitely helps. Um, but we're actually going through a thing right now, man, where they're talking about uh, merging. I don't know if you've heard anything about this, but they're talking about merging Bloomsburg, Lock Haven, and Mansfield University because of state cuts. So if that may be the case, there's a bunch of different situations that are being thrown around right now. But one of them is basically Lock Haven would turn into Bloomsburg University Lock Haven and would essentially be like a community school. And that's that wouldn't be a good thing. So we're trying to get local. No, I mean, it, it, I think what would happen is you would have that basically what you would have here is just like a nursing school. So, and you would cut down on just population really, really. Whenever a company merges, like a successful merger is um, merging resources. Yeah. Which ultimately means less resources, less jobs. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah, I could see that. It yeah. Took so me a while. it took me a couple seconds to process that. Yeah. I mean, Bloomsburg, Bloomsburg would be, is the place that is going to make out with it all just because they're, they're bigger. Um, but I mean, who so knows be, that? I'm sorry. I thought you said Wilk. So is it Bloomsburg, Mansfield, Lockhaven, or is it Bloomsburg, Wilkes, Bloomsburg, Lockhaven? Bloomsburg, Bloomsburg, Mansfield, Lockhaven. So the three, okay. three PSAC schools and it's a state, it's a state, uh, issued thing. Uh, I don't want, yeah. I don't know the full details on it. I just, you know, know what I hear. Um, and that's one of the like, things sounds that's like being talked about. The school, the terrible for the communities, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we'll see what happens, but I, I just, besides the point of that though, we, we are getting some cool things happening. Uh, in Lock Haven, and yeah, I mean, there's a there's a brewery that's being growing up going up right now, so that's hopefully so opening up. Brewery is that? It's uh, it doesn't have a name yet. Well, okay. the name, the guy has a name. He's not saying what the name is, but he's hoping to open up in roughly like a year. Um, but it's going to be right in Mill Hall, which is like, you know, Lock Mill Hall and Lock Haven are basically the same town. You know, they're yeah five miles apart, five miles together, but, uh, it's like on the outskirts of Mill Hall. Um, so he's opening that up. So that's, you know, a cool thing that's happening. There's been a bunch of different like boutiques that have opened up downtown. So, you know, there's, there's cool things that are happening and, and they're trying to do stuff, but uh, we got, we got a ways to go. So Hopefully but you guys have there. shop back and you guys have um shop back is somewhat close, right? Is that more Williamsport? Williamsport. Uh, yeah, we got first quality and, you know, first quality is massive. And, and, and how about Woolworth though? Woolrich. Woolrich. Yeah. That's Woolrich. Woolworth. Woolworth that, uh, is a store that hasn't existed in yeah. 20 years. <laughs> Maybe longer. <laughs> Woolrich is that it, it's like, uh, I don't know. So they don't make Woolrich at, in Woolrich anymore. They make it over in like Europe, I think, or something like that. Is it China or Europe? It might be China. Maybe. China or an Asian country. Yeah. yeah, Somewhere over there. That's the thing. Right. But, uh, they, they just have like a department store in, in Woolrich that people shop at. So, I mean, is there corporate headquarters there still, or is that, no, that's, that's all out of here. Actually, there is a, uh, if you and Kristen should ever make it down this way, there's a cool 
brewery at Jersey Shore. Uh, it's called Bald Birds Brewery. They actually have their location that they started out at is down in King of Prussia and Conshohocken, but they're from oh, wow. uh, they're from Jersey Shore. They just live down there, and two really really successful brewery spots down there, and they brought one back up to Jersey Shore, and it's in the old Woolrich uh, factory. And I actually, I guarantee, man, in the next two years, you'll have a wedding there because that is going to be, mark my words, that is going to be the premier spot to get married at in like this area, like Clinton, not Clinton County, like Humming County. Like you'll, you'll do some weddings there, man. It's, it's a really, really, really cool venue that they're doing a lot of just awesome stuff. So, so Jersey Shore, and maybe you know the story, and I wish I had somebody to pull it up. Um, <laughs> for everybody listening, like it's it's there, a lot of people aren't Pennsylvania natives. So yeah. there is this town in the middle of central Pennsylvania. There is no shore, there is nope. no river, there is no ocean. It's just called nope. Jersey Shore. Yeah. Do you know the backstory from Jersey Shore? Because I I do, and I want to hear you tell it if you know it. Uh, no, give it to me. Give it to me. Because I, I would no, be okay. really, really, I would be really interested to hear it. So I, I wish I had like the full story because I did Google it one day. It was just one of those things that drove me nuts. So like, what the fuck is this Jersey Shore yeah. town? <laughs> so sometime in like the early 1900s, Jersey Shore wasn't a town yet. Okay. It, it went by another name, and I think it went by the the name of the family that founded it. But this guy from New Jersey moved to that town and came of power through money. Okay. But wasn't super popular with the residents. And they would like instead of calling him like, you know, Jim or Mike or Bob, they would call him Jersey Shore. Really? And as as with anything in America, you know, money equals power. He continued with his power and um yeah, I guess the short version of the story is, you know, eventually the town became Jersey Shore in his memory. Just That's crazy. That, Man, I've it was a condescending nickname. It was a condescending nickname that turned that, that town into like is into, crazy. Into- and I I've lived here. I've lived in Lock Haven and, and for people that aren't familiar, Lock Haven is like 10 miles away from Jersey Shore. Like that was our rival high school growing up. Um I've never heard that story, man. I've never heard that you gotta, story. You got to so. Google it. It, it, is, yeah. it is out there. It's, it's probably it's actually much better. It was like a good almost hour long read about like the struggle of power there. Yeah, that sounds like a like a good HBO like series that you know they could make something <laughs> like like the uh, the rise of Jersey Shore and and center it around you know Jersey Shore, <laughs> the guy from Jersey yeah. Shore. <laughs> and I would watch it. I like that kind Absolutely. of show. Absolutely. There was something on. Uh, about the Johnstown flood, and I think it was not HBO, but maybe A and E. And I watched the shit out of that. I loved it. You have to, you have to watch those documentaries, man. Dude, yeah, they're they're, they're great. Uh, <laughs> but yo, I think we've said a lot here. Yeah, yeah. A ton I'm, of fun I'm, having. How are you feeling from the drink? I'm out, man, and I'm feeling awesome. Feeling really, really good. <laughs> great nightcap for the birthday. I only made myself a single, and I'm, huh. I'm feeling kind of good. The the uh, did he, I don't know whether they used a large cube or a couple of cubes, but it, it mellowed it really nicely after uh, that. Yeah, kinda... I used a I used a decent amount, so it made it. It lasted. Cool. It lasted. Yeah, it definitely makes it more drinkable. It was uh, it was strong. It's good though. It was very very good. Yeah. Well done. Thank, Thank you. you. So I'll tell you the secret here. And usually I would go in there. 
So during, I think for the longest time in the United States, uh, absinthe was actually illegal. Yeah. Yep. So there is a uh, liqueur called Herb Saint. Okay. Which, which is a French liqueur, uh, very similar to a um, Amaro from Italy. Uh, very licorice heavy. I guess you could say it's similar to a Jaeger. Okay. But uh, for the longest time, when people would make Sazeracs, they would use um, Herb Saint. Mm-hmm. So I've got some Herb Saint here, and I just knew like uh, when you make a Sazerac, you rinse the glass. It's just with a spray. So my okay. my uh, my absinthe at home here actually is in a spray bottle. Nice. So you just rinse the glass. Yeah, that's the technique there. But with traveling, there's no glass, so I actually use Herb Saint instead of absinthe. Okay. Which, which will probably do you a favor in the morning, but you still get the same flavor. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna have to. Try, I'm gonna have to try that absinthe trick, though. That's nice. I like that. Innovative. Yeah. That's, so that's how you make a sazerac. Is you just rinse the glass a little bit, two sprays in a glass, just to get that flavor, and it's super strong. So that's really all you need. Perfect. I'll try it one yeah. of these nights when the kids aren't home, though. When they're at the, the grandparents <laughs> for the night, or when you know, more importantly, they could be home that night, but the next morning. Yes. Exactly. I'm yeah. not in charge. I, I have not been shit faced in so long because I just dread being hung over with a, with a child in the it's house. the worst thing ever, especially when you get that like 6.30 wake-up call like right in your face, you know, like, yeah. hey, daddy, time to wake up. Like, no, <laughs> it's not fun. Not fun at all. I don't know how your, how your kids are, but when I get home from DJing a wedding, I wasn't home when she went to bed, so I'm the first one she runs to. Absolutely. Yep. And yep. usually we're home at midnight or afterward and uh, – just daddy, 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 daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes, man. It's rough. It's rough, but yeah. it's what we signed up for. <laughs> yes, sir. But yo, Kyle, legit. It was awesome hearing from you. Thank Good talking you. to you. Absolutely, man. Thank nice. you for having Super me, man. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. And I do not know that it's still your birthday, is it? Just Hell for yeah. like a half hour. Happy birthday, man. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Good seeing you, man. Thank you.